Slay Nation, we're back with our favorite trauma coach. She is here talking to me. I cannot wait to talk age and trauma and EQ. Anybody who talks to me knows that I'm obsessed with this. Allie, you're here in the studio with us. I'm excited to have you here. How have you been? Thank you so much for having me. I'm good. How are you today? Good. We had a little technical issue. It was great, you know, for like (laughs) 2.5 seconds. And then all of a sudden my computer decided it was just done. You know, Mercury is in retrograde, I hear. So yes, I was like, something's happening here. Like, where did she go? (laughs) Right. I was like, oh my gosh, we had a full on conversation right before. And then as soon as we started recording, it was like, uh, I think the not. universe is like, not today, not yeah, today. And ladies. I was like, stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Um, okay. We have already had you on the podcast a few times or one other time. I don't know. I feel like you, we, we do a lot together. We're we, part of the fam. We're in the we're fam. Part of, we're in the fam. Um, <laughs> but you do such an amazing job at making like trauma and, and healing just such a easy topic. I feel like it is like it's a hard topic, but I feel like you make it very easy to understand and you put a lot of perspective into it. And you just did a reel for So She Slays um, about a week or so ago. uh, And you addressed something that I talk about constantly with the people around me. EQ, emotional intelligence um, and the trauma that comes with that, because I feel like, I mean, I personally can relate to a lot of people who, you know, don't necessarily have as well developed of an EQ as I do. And I can tell right away. And I'm like, oh, that's some trauma you haven't healed from. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about that with you. Can we yeah. first just talk about like what EQ is and then, you know, translate that into like how trauma plays into this? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you for your kind words. That's like my whole goal is making it relatable. Cause I feel like when I started diving into this, I was like, I don't know what people are talking about. So let's like try <laughs> to like, I need like a dummy one-on-one kind of like, you know, those yellow books that were like, uh-huh. I need, like a, a dummy's guide to emotional intelligence <laughs> yes, and trauma. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so EQ is emotional intelligence and how it relates to trauma is that when we have been through trauma and or emotional pain, the thing that happens, so let's say that something really traumatic happened to you at 13. If you don't go back and work on yourself, then you're going to have like regression. You're going to be stuck at that age. So that's why when we, when we're talking about like trauma and trauma recovery and emotional health, it's like, you have to go back and actually work through that thing so that you can progress because when trauma happens, it keeps you stuck in that age or that time frame. So then you start kind of reacting to things from that time frame. Okay. Give me. An example. example. Yeah. Yeah, Great. Yes. I have so many. I was just going to go there with you. (laughs) So this comes up a lot in business. So I will have business owners that I'm working with and they'll come in and they'll be like, you know, this client like didn't, you know, let me give you an example that I'm thinking of that's like recently. Okay. Like this client didn't, um, sign the contract or they didn't, they aren't upholding their end of the contract. And so I'm really pissed off. And so I'm going to go and like, Uh, get mad and shoot off like an email that's like kind of wordy and upset and it's coming from this like triggered place and so when I was working with this client when we kind of got to the root of it I'm like where are you like is this like your inner child coming out that needs to be seen and loved and heard or is this kind of like your angsty teen right and your angsty teen is like where most of us live we most of us live in this place of like us being an angsty teen where we're like 
fuck you. We're kind of like bitchy. We're a little bit harder. We're a little bit blunt to the core. And she, and after we worked through this, she was like, oh yeah, I was definitely my angsty teen coming out and trying to be heard and seen and validated. Right. So yeah. like this comes up a lot with business owners because when you run your own business, it's going to trigger a lot of stuff in you, even if you've thought that you've worked through it, right? Like we were just talking about the offline. <laughs> <laughs> like literally yeah. so much. <laughs> so much stuff. So I take my clients through this kind of exercise of like, which one of you is showing up? Is it your inner adaptive child? Is it your angsty teen? Or is it really you today? And 99% of the time, it's either your angsty teen or your inner child that's showing up and needing to be seen and validated. Really? So is it like, I mean, that's our trigger, right? It's like, you know, whatever, whatever happens and that we just go right back to when we were yeah, you revert back to it. Yeah. And even the best of us do it, right? Like there's times where I catch myself and I'm like, how am I running my business right now? I'm running it from like, an angsty teen place or like, oh, I'm running it from like an inner child place where like, I want to be seen, right? Like we Mm -hmm. all have these things that are coming up in us. But yeah, I mean, the first step is awareness around it. It's like, oh, this is what's showing up right now. Right, exactly. Okay, so here's my question too. It's like a lot of us don't really even know when it's happening. Like we we just Mm -hmm. had this discussion offline, right? In regards to money, like, a lot of us, like, especially during hard economic times or unstable, a lot of us revert back to what we know, which obviously isn't always the healthiest thing, but it's like we revert back and then we're there before we even know or realize that we're there and we're operating out of that space. So how can we speak towards awareness when trying to figure out this stuff? Yeah. So like an actual trigger, you're not going to be aware of it when it's happening, right? Because your body is actually going into fight or flight so fast. It happens in like a second. It happens as fast as I like snap my fingers. Jeez. So when you're in that space, when you're in that fight or flight, like, in, and we've all been there, right? Where we're mm-hmm. like in a place of defensiveness. And then when we come out of it, like ha- that moment when you come out of it and you look back and you reflect and you go, oh, that is the thing that was triggered. That's how we bring awareness to it is actually taking the, the moment and going, oh, the thing that just happened is awareness is like, is not awareness, but the thing that just happened is creating awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So this can be done by like having a conversation like you and I talking offline. And like, I think we both were like, oh, okay, good. We're like in the same boat together. So we're <laughs> having awareness around the thing, right? But then there's also like moments with like a coach or a therapist or a friend that's like, that is honestly going to hold up a mirror to you and go look at what's happening. Look at your pattern that keeps on repeating. Look at Mm -hmm. the pain that keeps on showing up in your life over and over again that maybe you don't want to look at, or maybe it feels uncomfortable to look at your pattern because you find control and comfort in staying in the uncomfortable pattern. Mm. Okay. I feel like you kind of opened up a little bit of a door right there when it comes to like, why people end up staying in like toxic patterns or why they revert back to it. Like, I mean, here's the thing is I I say people, but it's like, it's everybody. I feel like everybody yeah. has their thing. Like I have my thing. Um, absolutely. I have, I have my, my thing. thing. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and it does, it, it takes, you know, 
our uh so she slays co-founder chauncey or my mom or other best friends who like really know me and how i operate to like really call me out and i think this last because i'm just now getting out of that cycle that this toxic comfortable cycle where i'm used to it where it's like it's horrible on my mental health and my body but it's like i have been in that toxicity so many different times that it's like i i like you slide right back into it without even knowing and then you're in the middle of it and you're like i don't even know how to get out of it uh and it does take somebody to be like you need to stop like chauncey and my mom like they tag teamed with each other like you need to stop you need to stop you're going to land yourself in the hospital. You're going to land yourself. You know, you're going to go so far in one direction. You're not going to be able to come back. Um, and it does take reality checks. At least that's how it comes through for me. What about yourself? I would say the same thing. I think also like the biggest thing is like actually moving that old pain out of my body because like we've talked mm-hmm. about this on the last episode around yeah. like the trauma circle or the stress cycle. And it's like when you're in that place of being in fight or flight, it's comfortable because you've lived there. So mm. like I you say, you know what to like, expect, you know, exactly what to expect. And I talk about this, like as an example of like, did you ever ski or snowboard growing yeah. up? Snowboard. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, when you go down a groomer and you're like, okay, I might catch an edge here. Or I might flip here. Someone's going to be standing right here and it's going to piss me off. But you like, there's control in that because you know exactly how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I was like, okay, Heather, we just had this big dump of snow. We're going to go on this black diamond and it's going to be fun because it's powdery, but like you might fall and hit a branch and you're like, F no, like that's your <laughs> system, you know? So it's like, there's, there's this false sense of control because we're like, I know the chaos that this is going to cause. I know the anxiety. I know the stomach problems and the gut issues and the mental health struggles, but like there's so much, um, adrenaline that comes out of it and like hormones that come out of it because we know how it's going to go. So it's almost like you're gearing up for this battle that you're like continually having within yourself. Yeah. You're white knuckling through it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much it. Um, so I, we kind of got into the, tr- the trauma aspect of how it shows up in, in our lives and everybody's lives. Um, I want to relate that to back to emotional EQ and how you can be stunted and not get past a certain, or I would say a certain like age emotionally. Um, I think there's a, like, I mean, I can relate to that. I've definitely come across people, dated people who just can't meet me on the same emotional level after. And, you know, this is when I always go, have you ever thought about therapy? Right? <laughs> You're like, oh, Ooh, yeah. You might benefit from it, and it's normally the people that are like, "I don't need therapy." I'm like, mm, but <laughs> I'm like, well, did you just give it a shot? Kind of a thing. Um, obviously, anybody who is if you know about therapy, I always say you need to go with the intention of learning. Like, you need to be open to it. If you're not open to it, you're gonna waste your time. So don't do it. Yeah. Um, you- <laughs> but I even think that that reaction from people when they're like, I don't need therapy. I'm like, right. Because a th- how would a 13 year old respond to you saying that? Right. Right. Would say, I don't need therapy. Like it would be like, so kind of arrogant and like conceited and caught up in their own stuff. Not because like they're, you know, an egomaniac, but just because like, that's where their brain body and like soul is, is like stuck in that age. 
So if you told me at 13 that I needed therapy, I'd be like, if you, I'm fine. Therapies for people that like, I would have all of these things yeah. in my head around it. Right. So whenever someone responds that way to me, I'm like, okay, I can like kind of get a gauge on where you're at. When people really have this really big response of like, I'm not going to go back to therapy because of this, or this is happening. I'm like, oh, we got some angsty teen showing up here. And I'm like, and I can't get through to a 13 year old because it's like talking to someone that's drunk and trying to get something from them. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. The, your like thinking brain, your cognitive brain is offline. So we're not going to be able to like figure it out from here. Oh, absolutely not. And um, I think it's the people who have actually spent some time working on their own stuff and their own trauma that can definitely recognize it in others. And then I don't know about you or if you run into clients like this, but it's to the point where sometimes when I can see that in others, like it's depending on what type of relationship it is, you know, like if it's a business relationship, obviously it's going to be different. If it's platonic friendship, all that kind of stuff, it's going to be a little different. If it's romantic, like I don't have the energy to try and, you know, help you in that aspect as far as like get that blockage away or whatever. I'm, I'm more or less the type of person I'm like, you need to do some work and then we can address this later kind of a thing. Um, but how does trauma and, and emotional intelligence, like how much of a factor is it in, in the relationships that we start for ourselves, both, I, I want to say platonic and, and romantic. Yeah. Like re- trying to relate to other people. Yeah. Mean, trying like, to relate they're to coming yeah. with, yeah. I mean, it's a big piece like I always say is like when you're dating someone or you're marrying someone like you're also marrying their past you're marrying how they were raised you know you're marrying like a lot of things in them right their nervous system their capacity to hold emotions their tolerance to things and so I mean me because like I come from a trauma-informed space I'm always like kind of thinking in that mindset I think it has a really big piece to play in it because the way that you relate to people is by how you communicate, right? So if I'm talking to a friend or I'm talking to my husband and he has never had this experience or he's never, you know, gotten deeper with himself, then he's not going to be able to relate to me, right? Thank God Ryan has done a ton of work on himself and still continues to do it. But like you, I always say this is like you, that people can only meet you as deeply as they've met themselves, Hmm. So I do if, have a question with that though. Yeah, like, yeah. Cause I think a lot of people don't, un- they understand what you're saying, but to apply that to real life, like how, how do I know if somebody is met me? I mean, you gave one example as far yeah. as like, you need therapy. No, I don't. And like, that's, you're like, okay, well, you're clearly operating in an angsty teenager yeah. area. So that's like one example, but like Mm -hmm. there has to be some flags or, you know, something that pops up. Yeah. I have this um, example with someone in our community that they, I'll keep the pronouns out, but they just continually have the same storyline with different people in their life. So this individual will, will continually do the same thing to people. And just be complete, just elusive to the fact that this is how they're showing up in relationships. And like when you see those patterns in other people, you're like, huh, they aren't having any like self reflection. Mm-hmm. They're not going inward to look at like, 
oh, everyone is like not wanting to be my friend or this is how people are responding to me or people don't want to hang out with me. Like there's no introspection there, right? And so that's where I'm always like, okay, that's a red flag because if you can't at least ask the question like, hey, what am I doing to continually attract this in my life or to show up this way? Like if you can't ask those hard questions to yourself or to the people closest with you, like I personally know we're not going to be able to connect. Mm. So that's a boundary that I hold within myself, right? We always talk about boundaries as like what we hold with other people, but boundaries are really the things that we hold within ourselves, like what we just won't tolerate. So that's like a red flag for me is when I'm like, oh, you don't even want to get to know yourself deeper. So I know that we're not going to have honest conversations about when things come up in life. So that's like my boundary of going, okay, then I'm not going to invest in this friendship or relationship. No. And I think that that's, I think emotional intelligence has been a hot topic issue for a a hot second. And I mean, Mm -hmm. agreed. That is, that's kind of the process I go through when I'm bringing anybody new into my life or I'm like sussing out people who I'm going to be close with or not close with or want to work with, not work with. Um, I I go through that same process. Um, But why do you think like just out of curiosity, Why do you think emotional intelligence is such a hot topic right now? I think because there's a lot of spotlight around mental health, especially after the pandemic. I Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of attention to like people had to sit with themselves in COVID. They couldn't go and go to happy hour. They couldn't go and distract themselves by maybe doing these things that they thought that maybe they didn't even know were distractions at the time. And so now everyone's on like their healing era journey, which like I love, but also like personally, also it's rough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And also there's like a little bit of just kind of people wanting to skim the surface and check off the metaphorical, like I've done my healing journey, you know? Yeah. So I think that people are trying to really gather as much information as they can around all of the things around mental health without actually like putting in the time and the work. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a combination of things, but I mean, emotional intelligence, like we've been talking about it for years and years and years and years and years. Right. But right now I think it's a hot topic because people are like, oh, that's the thing that like, maybe I struggle with, or, oh, that's the thing that I see my friends struggle with when she's in a relationship all the time with the same person or like, oh, that's what I see my parents struggle with when like, they're not communicating super well with each other or, oh, that's what my, um, colleague is struggling with. Like, you know, or that's what I'm struggling with, like pointing the finger back at us. Right. Yeah. So I think people are just becoming more aware around what it is. And we've always really put such a, a big preference on like just intelligence in general mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. the emotional piece of it. And I think now like the emotional mental health piece of just life is starting to actually shine. And so we are talking more about emotions and trauma and resiliency and all of it. I guess too, it's so fascinating to me how, I mean, I know people in my life who, you know, they're together um, romantically and they are not on the same level of EQ at all. And this is what I'm going to also say too. It's like, even in the dating world, right? You find a lot of, especially as you get older, I don't think the apps help at all um, in this, in this freaking realm 
Um, but you kind of find people that are that are not on the same EQ level as you. How much of a, of a you know death sentence is is not being on the same level? Because I feel like some people are okay with it, like they've just accepted that, and then some people are like, "Is that all that's out there?" You know, I have so much compassion for people that are just dating in general. I don't know, like how you guys do it. It would literally make me go. Oh, girl. I mean, (laughs) there's so many like and I will get into this, too. I want you to answer this. But like, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. It's it will drive anybody crazy. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But the I mean, the death sentence piece of it is, you know, if you meet someone romantically and you're having conversation and they're open to working on themselves, like this is the ideal scenario, right? Like you meet Mm -hmm. someone, you're like, okay, maybe we're not on the same page, but like they're really open to learning more about mental health, about working on themselves, but maybe no one has ever talked to them about that, these kind of topics. Like that's a whole other thing. Whereas if you meet someone and they're just completely shut off to it and they're like, I don't need that. That's for wusses. Or they have all these kind of like really old school ways of thinking around mental health. I'm like, actually, it's probably because it's triggering to be like, let's say for you example, if you're dating someone and they're like, no, 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 I don't want to work on myself. I don't want to work on myself. And you're talking about mental health. It's probably triggering their stuff. And so that's why you're having this like kind of roadblock moment Mm -hmm. because you're not on the same page. Right. So then that's a question within yourself is like, oh, are you staying with this person because you want to like save them, which is from your own stuff and your own pain. Right. Mm -hmm. Like fond mode is what we call it. Fond mode. Interesting. Fawn, like a little deer. Like a oh, oh, okay, deer. okay. Yeah. So it's called people pleaser. So like when we talk about fight or flight mode, it's fight, flight, freeze, and then fawn, which is like you go into people pleaser mode when you're stressed out. So like if you're in a relationship and you're like, okay, I want to like help this person, I want to save this person, you have to ask yourself, where does that come from? Like, what about me and myself is not resolved that I like want to save these people, right? Mm. So there's a lot of complexity to this, this conversation, but I really do think it's about like, what's the other person's intentions? What are your intentions? And being really honest with yourself, like, oh yeah, for me personally, Allie Cates, I have a Jesus complex. Like, so I want to save everyone. Like I really want to like, (laughs) that's just me. That's where my heart is. And I have to really check myself when that comes out as I'm like, what's coming up for you right now, Allie? And like, Mm. what is this about your past that makes you want to save those other people? And it's really because that I wish that someone helped save me when I was going through my biggest struggles. Right. Mm. Mm. So to answer your question, like, I think that it's very nuanced and like who you're talking to, but I think that relationships can be really healing if you're both on the same page around doing the work in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least being open to it. I definitely think and some, and I think you're right too. It's like, you know, sometimes I feel like some people don't want to take the time to explain, you know, where they're at or, you know, even ask their partner, friend or whatever, like these types of questions. Um, I've definitely known a few. (laughs) Yeah. I think also is that it can be a little bit jarring you know, if someone's asking you these questions and you haven't resolved them in yourself or like had a safe space to open up, 
or maybe you thought that it was a safe space to open up and then that person like used your pain against you, which is very common that happens in relationships. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like it's really nuanced and it just depends on like how deep your relationship is and whether or not you feel safe enough to open up and have these conversations. Oh my God. And that's, that is such a key point. And I mean, I was literally, I don't know. I'm the type of person I have like conversations with myself, like yeah. <laughs> where I'm just like, Oh, that's an interesting thing. You know what I mean? I, I like, I, I'm like think I'm off cleaning house and co- I'm like talking to myself like a dang crazy person. As long as um, you're getting the right answers. is what my exactly. would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's definitely one of those things where I was like, Oh my God, because there's so many, like, I mean, you have your husband who's amazing and it meets you on that level or whatnot. And like, but I have like a handful of friends, including myself, who don't have that like type of romantic partner or whatnot. And I think what it is too, is like, I was listening to a podcast and they were kind of just like, not really degrading or, or anything like that, but like kind of talking about this ginormous gap that seems to be here between men and women, where it's like women keep, um, pouring into themselves, getting to know themselves, trying to do the work, trying to do the healing, all that kind of stuff. But men don't seem to be doing the same thing, or at least in the majority, um, they don't seem to be doing the same thing. And a lot of it, like from a man's perspective, because this was a a male, uh, a a guy who was talking on this podcast, and he was just like, they're not taught. Nobody teaches them how to do this. Like, it's okay for women to do this because society expects them to be emotional and vulnerable and this, this, and this or whatever. But like nobody talks to us about how to even open this door. So I think also a big thing is that women exactly that, like women don't know how to actually hold men's feelings. So even myself who considers myself, like I have, I feel like I have a pretty good EQ Mm-hmm. But when my husband and I were going, you know, through our own healing together, it's like I didn't know how to hold his emotions because I was never taught as a woman, like, okay, when a man is coming to you and they're not this strong, capable, like how we kind of put all these definitions on men, similarly how we do on women, mm-hmm. like when when they're not coming to you in that capacity, what do you feel? Right. So then I would get scared and like be like, oh my God, I don't know how to handle these emotions. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting because like women are like, I want my men to be vulnerable and honest. And then it's like the second that they do that, we typically will tear them down Mm -hmm. and be like, don't feel that. Or that's not what I'm saying. Or you're, you're reading it wrong. And then we get triggered and then they're, then they shut down even more. And they're like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm never going to have this conversation with you again. And then we're actually like shooting ourselves in the foot because we just want them to open up and be vulnerable. But I really think that it is like, you know, I go off on men's mental health because I just think that it's like such a big thing that we don't talk about. It's like their mental health is worse than women's right now. Like it's, it's bad. Okay. Can we talk about that just a little bit? I mean, I know we may be diverting from the topic a little, but I feel like in listening and like reading this, I I'm actually starting to feel the same way. Let's elaborate on this. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So like men are like 60% more likely to have depression or they're 60% more likely to have depression, not report it. Most men that most people that are homeless are men. Mm -hmm. Um, men are the highest rates of suicide. They're the most, um, likely to be addictive to substances. And in my head, I'm like, well, no shit, because 
we're not talking to them about how do they release their anger in a healthy way. We're not talking to them about how do they release their, you know, sadness and grief in like a healthy way. But, you know, and I think it's like, it's such a hot topic right now, men's mental health, especially, but yeah, I just, I feel like women don't know how to hold men's emotions as well because we get confused about like, oh, they're supposed to be this way. Like, like I was saying earlier. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like such a controversial topic right now. I feel like I've posted a couple of things on it and gotten a lot of heat for it, but. Oh my God. What did you get? I mean, I posted about the Barbie movie and just my take on it with like men's mental health and women were coming at me like, oh my God, like you're not a feminist and all this stuff. I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like from the space that I come from, which is mental health and trauma recovery from the men that I see come through my practice from just online. Right. We look at like people that recently have taken their lives like Mm -hmm. Twitch and Dave Hollis and these people that are big in, you know, the space in celebrity space. Right. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like, we have to address this at some point around men's mental health and, and women just don't, I mean, a lot of women just don't want to hear it because they feel triggered by stuff that comes up in themselves. Mm, I see that. I can definitely see that. Um, and I, I mean, I get it. I get it because I think I get both sides too. Cause I've been the woman that have been triggered by me. If I said this five years ago, if someone said this to me five years ago on a podcast, I would like cut them down with my words. I'd be like, you know, <laughs> you know, but like, because I've done a lot of work around this, this male wound in my life. I'm like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like we don't have to be attacking people or the other sex in this way. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is it's not, it doesn't have to look, we, we have to coexist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and if we are, and I'm not saying, okay. Cause I think people are going to just, just preface this before, <laughs> you know, I got slay nation up in here, like trying to yeah. cut us down. I am not saying that you need to be a savior to dudes or anything like that. I'm not saying that you Correct. need to swoop in and raise no. them like their mothers. Like that is not what I'm that saying. That actually will piss them off even more. Mm-hmm. I was like, please, ex- like, please yeah. understand me. That is not what we are saying. What I'm saying too, and I, and, and I would honestly also like to know how women can actually hold men's feelings a little bit better. Um, because they always, we always complain that men can't do that for us, or they don't know how to do that for us. Again, they may not have been taught. Um, and how do you know how to do something unless you're taught or unless you like learn? I mean, they definitely know what not to do if they've, you know, gotten to fights or, you know, breakups or whatever over things, they know what not to do, but it's like, what do I do? So, and I think the same thing goes for, for women in this aspect. It's, how do I hold space for men's feelings, but also like not, not be the savior or the people pleaser mm-hmm. or let them walk all over me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's huge. The last part, right. Or let mm-hmm. them walk all over me. Cause I think a lot of women get frustrated about this topic because they have so much pain because men have walked all over them. And mm-hmm. I agree with you is that I'm not saying to like, let that happen, but I think it's just being really honest when the conversation does come up. So if you have a male in your life and they're starting to open up, asking them like, what do you need from me right now? Do you want me to listen or do you want me to give you advice? Because 
my go-to instinct is like always just giving advice because I'm like, oh, people are opening up because they want advice and they want me to help them and they want me to save them. That's my own shit. Ali Kate's his own shit, right? Same. I have to catch myself yeah, all the time. I have to catch all the time. So just even being really communicative and being like, hey, I am so grateful that you're telling me this. Like, what do you need for me right now at this moment? Mm. And like holding the space that if they say, I don't know, not trying to solve it for them. Okay. Okay. What do you, what do you do in that situation? Because I am one of those people where it's like, okay, I don't know. Well, let's figure it out. You know, that kind of a thing. But I'm like, sometimes that that's not the answer, especially if they're not ready to yeah. do some, some of that, you know, conversating to, to bring that, some, that stuff up with you. I would say if a, if a guy says to me, I don't know, then I would just follow up and say, well, if you, Need, like if you want more support, like I'm always here for you. Mm-hmm. Or if you mm-hmm. want to dive into this, I'm always here for you. Just mm-hmm. kind of like renegotiating terms almost every single time you talk, because it's probably the first time that they've ever said the thing that they've said to you, to a female. Mm. Which we already know too. Like we, you may think it, but once you say it and you say it to somebody too, it gives it a, a whole other meaning. A whole other meaning. And just knowing that like, if a guy is opening up to you, it's not your responsibility to help them. Yeah. You know, like it really Mm -hmm. isn't. And you can be, you can be a sound, you can be a safe space, but going back to your original conversation. (laughs) I know we totally, we totally diverted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Going back to like emotions though, and like emotional and um, emotional EQ is that I do believe that if people are not ready to meet themselves, like you have to find it in yourself, what you want in life. So if in a partner, you want someone that has emotional intelligence and has been to therapy and has worked on yourself then like, don't settle for less. Right. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And hold that, that like you are worthy enough to have a partner that is going to put time and work into themselves and also time and work into your relationship. Mm, facts. Oh my gosh. Okay. I feel like that's a good spot to end it. Cause I definitely think that we definitely, <laughs> we went all over the place, but, um, I love it though, because I think that these are, these are important lessons and I, especially like dealing with men's mental health, I really want our listeners to kind of like, I hope nobody's triggered by it. That was not the intention, but it's, it's definitely like realizing that there's two sides to this coin. Um, and not saying that you have to obviously help them or, or, or raise them or, you know, whatever it is. That's not like, what we're saying. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. Yeah. There's not, no, <laughs> not at all. Please don't uh, do no, that. <laughs> please don't do that. You don't need to do that. Um, but yeah, so where can people follow you, find you, all of that stuff? Yeah, so everything is AllieKates.co. So that's A-L-I-K-A-T-E-S dot C-O. So that's Instagram, TikTok, website, all of the things. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for joining us again, Allie. And until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later. <laughs>